a thanksgiving sermon part two by robert g ingersoll this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. read by michelle fry baton rouge louisiana and now part two of a thanksgiving sermon section three if we cannot thank the orthodox churches if we cannot thank the unknown the incomprehensible the supernatural if we cannot thank nature if we cannot kneel to a guess or prostrate ourselves before a perhaps whom shall we thank let us see what the worldly have done what has been accomplished by those not called not set apart not inspired not filled with the holy ghost by those who were neglected by all the gods passing over the hindus the egyptians the greeks and romans their poets philosophers and metaphysicians we will come to modern times in the tenth century after christ the saracens governors of a vast empire established colleges in mongolia tartary persia mesopotamia syria egypt north africa morocco fez and in spain the region owned by the saracens was greater than the roman empire they had not only colleges but observatories the sciences were taught they introduced the ten numerals taught algebra and trigonometry understood cubic equations knew the art of surveying they made catalogues and maps of the stars gave the great stars the names they still bear they ascertained the size of the earth determined the obliquity of the ecliptic and fixed the length of the year they calculated eclipses equinoxes solstices conjunctions of planets and occultations of stars they constructed astronomical instruments they made clocks of various kinds and were the inventors of the pendulum they originated chemistry discovered sulfuric and nitric acid and alcohol they were the first to publish pharmacopias and dispensatories in mechanics they determined the laws of falling bodies they understood the mechanical powers and the attraction of gravitation they taught hydrostatics and determined the specific gravities of bodies in optics they discovered that a ray of light did not proceed from the eye to an object but from the object to the eye they were manufacturers of cotton leather paper and steel they gave us the game of chess they produced romances and novels and essays on many subjects in their schools they taught the modern doctrines of evolution and development they anticipated darwin and spencer these people were not christians they were the followers for the most part of an impostor of a pretended prophet of a false god and yet while the true christians the men selected by the true god and filled with the holy ghost were tearing out the tongues of heretics these wretches were irreverently tracing the orbits of the stars while the true believers were flaying philosophers and extinguishing the eyes of thinkers these godless followers of mohammed were founding colleges collecting manuscripts investigating the facts of nature and giving their attention to science 
afterward the followers of mohammed became the enemies of science and hated facts as intensely and honestly as christians whoever has a revelation from god will defend it with all his strength will abhor reason and deny facts but it is as well to know that we are indebted to the moors to the followers of mohammed for having laid the foundations of modern science it is well to know that we are not indebted to the church to christianity for any useful fact it is well to know that the seeds of thought were sown in our minds by the greeks and romans and that our literature came from those seeds the great literature of our language is pagan in its thought pagan in its beauty pagan in its perfection it is well to know that when mohammedans were the friends of science christians were its enemies how consoling it is to think that the friends of science the men who educated their fellows are now in hell and that the men who persecuted and killed philosophers are now in heaven such is the justice of god the christians of the middle ages the men who were filled with the holy ghost knew all about the worlds beyond the grave but nothing about the world in which they lived they thought the earth was flat a little dishing if anything that it was about five thousand years old and that the stars were little sparkles made to beautify the night the fact is that christianity was in existence for fifteen hundred years before there was an astronomer in christendom no follower of christ knew the shape of the earth the earth was demonstrated to be a globe not by a pope or a cardinal not by a collection of clergymen not by the called or the set apart but by a sailor magellan left seville spain august tenth fifteen nineteen sailed west and kept sailing west and the ship reached seville the port it left on september seventh fifteen twenty two the world had been circumnavigated the earth was known to be round there had been a dispute between the scriptures and a sailor the fact took the sailor's side in fifteen forty three copernicus published his book on the revolutions of the heavenly bodies he had some idea of the vastness of the stars of the astronomical spaces of the insignificance of this world toward the close of the sixteenth century bruno one of the greatest men this world has produced gave his thoughts to his fellow-men he taught the plurality of worlds he was a pantheist an atheist an honest man he called the catholic church the triumphant beast he was imprisoned for many years tried convicted and on the sixteenth day of february sixteen hundred burned in rome by men filled with the holy ghost burned on the spot where now his monument rises bruno the noblest the greatest of all the martyrs the only one who suffered death for what he believed to be the truth the only martyr who had no heaven to gain no hell to shun no god to please he was nobler than inspired men grander than prophets greater and purer than apostles above all the theologians of the world above the makers of creeds above the founders of religions rose this serene unselfish and intrepid man yet christians followers of christ murdered this incomparable man these christians were true to their creed they believed that faith would be rewarded with eternal joy and doubt punished with eternal pain 
they were logical they were pious and pitiless devout and devilish meek and malicious religious and revengeful christ-like and cruel loving with their mouths and hating with their hearts and yet honest victims of ignorance and fear what have the worldly done in sixteen o eight lippershay a hollander so arranged lenses that objects were exaggerated he invented the telescope he gave countless worlds to our eyes and made us citizens of the universe in 1610, on the night of January 7th, Galileo demonstrated the truth of the Copernican system, and in 1632 published his work on the system of the world. What did the church do? Galileo was arrested, imprisoned, forced to fall upon his knees, put his hand on the Bible, and recant. For ten years he was kept in prison, for ten years until released by the pity of death. Then the church, men filled with the Holy Ghost, denied his body burial in consecrated ground. It was feared that his dust might corrupt the bodies of those who had persecuted him. In 1609, Kepler published his book, Motions of the Planet Mars. He, too, knew of the attraction of gravitation and that it acted in proportion to mass and distance. Kepler announced his three laws— he found and mathematically expressed the relation of distance mass and motion nothing greater has been accomplished by the human mind astronomy became a science and christianity a superstition then came newton herschel and laplace the astronomy of joshua and elijah faded from the minds of intelligent men and jehovah became an ignorant tribal god men began to see that the operations of nature were not subject to interference that eclipses were not caused by the wrath of god that comets had nothing to do with the destruction of empires or the death of kings that the stars wheeled in their orbits without regard to the actions of men in the sacred east the dawn appeared what have the worldly done a few years ago a few men became wicked enough to use their senses they began to look and listen they began to really see and then they began to reason they forgot heaven and hell long enough to take some interest in this world they began to examine soils and rocks they noticed what had been done by rivers and seas they found out something about the crust of the earth they found that most of the rocks had been deposited and stratified in the water, rocks 70,000 feet in thickness. They found that the coal was once vegetable matter. They made the best calculations they could of the time required to make the coal and concluded that it must have taken at least six or seven millions of years. They examined the chalk cliffs found that they were composed of the microscopic shells of minute organisms, that is to say, the dust of these shells. This dust settled over areas as large as Europe, and in some places the chalk is a mile in depth. This must have required many millions of years. Lyell, the highest authority on the subject, says that it must have required, to cause the changes that we know, at least 200 million years. 
think of these vast deposits caused by the slow falling of infinitesimal atoms of impalpable dust through the silent depths of ancient seas think of the microscopic forms of life constructing their minute houses of lime giving life to others leaving their mansions beneath the waves and so through countless generations building the foundations of continents and islands go back of all life that we now know back of all the flying lizards the armored monsters the hissing serpents the winged and fanged horrors back to the laurentian rocks to the eozoon the first of living things that we have found back of all mountains seas and rivers back to the first incrustation of the molten world back of wave of fire and robe of flame back to the time when all the substance of the earth blazed in the glowing sun with all the stars that wheel about the central fire think of the days and nights that lie between think of the centuries the withered leaves of time that strew the desert of the past nature does not hurry time cannot be wasted cannot be lost the future remains eternal and all the past is as though it had not been as though it were to be the infinite knows neither gain nor loss we know something of the history of the world something of the human race and we know that man has lived and struggled through want and war through pestilence and famine through ignorance and crime through fear and hope on the old earth for millions and millions of years at last we know that infallible popes and countless priests and clergymen who had been called filled with the holy ghost and presidents of colleges kings emperors and executives of nations had mistaken the blundering guesses of ignorant savages for the wisdom of an infinite god at last we know that the story of creation of the beginning of things as told in the sacred book is not only untrue but utterly absurd and idiotic now we know that the inspired writers did not know and that the god who inspired them did not know we are no longer misled by myths and legends we rely upon facts the world is our witness and the stars testify for us what have the worldly done they have investigated the religions of the world have read the sacred books the prophecies the commandments the rules of conduct they have studied the symbols the ceremonies the prayers and sacrifices and they have shown that all religions are substantially the same produced by the same causes that all rest on a misconception of the facts in nature that all are founded on ignorance and fear on mistake and mystery they have found that christianity is like the rest that it was not a revelation but a natural growth that its gods and devils its heavens and hells were borrowed that its ceremonies and sacraments were souvenirs of other religions that no part of it came from heaven but that it was all made by savage man they found that jehovah was a tribal god and that his ancestors had lived on the banks of the euphrates the tigris the ganges and the nile and these ancestors were traced back to still more savage forms they found that all the sacred books were filled with inspired mistake and sacred absurdity but say the christians we have the only inspired book we have the old testament and the new 
where did you get the old testament from the jews yes let me tell you about it after the jews returned from babylon about four hundred years before christ ezra commenced making the bible you will find an account of this in the bible we know that genesis was written after the captivity because it was from the babylonians that the jews got the story of creation of adam and eve of the garden of the serpent and the tree of life of the flood and from them they learned about the sabbath you find nothing about that holy day in judges joshua samuel kings or chronicles nothing in job the psalms in esther solomon's song or ecclesiastes only in books written by ezra after the return from babylon when ezra finished the inspired book he placed it in the temple it was written on the skins of beasts and so far as we know there was but one what became of this bible jerusalem was taken by titus about seventy years after christ the temple was destroyed and at the request of josephus the holy bible was sent to vespasian the emperor at rome and this holy bible has never been seen or heard of since so much for that then there was a copy or rather a translation called the septuagint how was that made it is said that Ptolemy Sauter and his son Ptolemy Philadelphus obtained a translation of the Jewish Bible. This translation was made by seventy persons. At that time, the Jewish Bible did not contain Daniel, Ecclesiastes, but few of the Psalms and only a part of Isaiah. What became of this translation known as the Septuagint? It was burned in the Bruchium Library 47 years before Christ. Then there was another so-called copy of part of the Bible known as the Samaritan Roll of the Pentateuch. But this was not considered of any value. Have we a true copy of the Bible that was in the temple at Jerusalem, the one sent to Vespasian? Nobody knows. Have we a true copy of the Septuagint? Nobody knows. What is the oldest manuscript of the Bible we have in Hebrew? The oldest manuscript we have in Hebrew was written in the 10th century after Christ. The oldest pretended copy we have of the Septuagint, written in Greek, was made in the 5th century after Christ. If the Bible was divinely inspired, if it was the actual word of God, we have no authenticated copy. The original has been lost, and we are left in the darkness of nature. It is impossible for us to show that our Bible is correct. We have no standard. Many of the books in our Bible contradict each other. Many chapters appear to be incomplete, and parts of different books are written in the same words, showing that both could not have been original. The 19th and 20th chapters of Second Kings and the 37th and 38th chapters of Isaiah are exactly the same. So is the 36th chapter of Isaiah from the second verse the same as the 18th chapter of Second Kings from the second verse. So it is perfectly apparent that there could have been no possible propriety in inspiring the writers of Kings and the writers of Chronicles. The books are substantially the same, differing in a few mistakes, in a few falsehoods, 
the same is true of leviticus and numbers the books do not agree either in facts or philosophy they differ as the men differed who wrote them what have the worldly done they have investigated the phenomena of nature they have invented ways to use the forces of the world the weight of falling water of moving air they have changed water to steam invented engines the tireless giants that work for man they have made lightning a messenger and slave they invented movable type taught us the art of printing and made it possible to save and transmit the intellectual wealth of the world they connected continents with cables cities and towns with the telegraph brought the world into one family made intelligence independent of distance they taught us how to build homes to obtain food to weave cloth they covered the seas with iron ships and the land with roads and steeds of steel they gave us the tools of all the trades the implements of labor they chiseled statues painted pictures and witched the world with form and color they have found the cause of and the cure of many maladies that afflict the flesh and minds of men they have given us instruments of music and the great composers and performers have changed the common air to tones and harmonies that intoxicate exalt and purify the soul they have rescued us from the prisons of fear and snatched our souls from the fangs and claws of superstition's loathsome crawling flying beasts they have given us the liberty to think and the courage to express our thoughts they have changed the frightened the enslaved the kneeling the prostrate into men and women clothed them in their right minds and made them truly free they have uncrowned the phantoms wrested the sceptres from the ghosts and given this world to the children of men they have driven from the heart the fiends of fear and extinguished the flames of hell they have read a few leaves of the great volume deciphered some of the records written on stone by the tireless hands of time in the dim past they have told us something of what has been done by wind and wave by fire and frost by life and death the ceaseless workers the pauseless forces of the world they have enlarged the horizon of the known changed the glittering specks that shine above us to wheeling worlds and filled all spaces with countless suns they have found the qualities of substance the nature of things how to analyze separate and combine and have enabled us to use the good and avoid the hurtful they have given us mathematics in the higher forms by means of which we measure the astronomical spaces the distances to stars the velocity at which the heavenly bodies move their density and weight and by which the mariner navigates the waste and trackless seas they have given us all we have of knowledge of literature and art they have made life worth living they have filled the world with conveniences comforts and luxuries all this has been done by the worldly by those who were not called or set apart or filled with the holy ghost or had the slightest claim to apostolic succession the men who accomplished these things were not inspired they had no revelation no supernatural aid they were not clad in sacred vestments and tiaras were not upon their brows they were not even ordained they used their senses 
observed in recorded facts they had confidence in reason they were patient searchers for the truth they turned their attention to the affairs of this world they were not saints they were sensible men they worked for themselves for wife and child and for the benefit of all to these men we are indebted for all we are for all we know for all we have they were the creators of civilization the founders of free states the saviors of liberty the destroyers of superstition and the great captains in the army of progress section four whom shall we thank standing here at the close of the nineteenth century amid the trophies of thought the triumphs of genius here under the flag of the great republic knowing something of the history of man here on this day that has been set apart for thanksgiving i most reverently thank the good men the good women of the past i thank the kind fathers the loving mothers of the savage days i thank the father who spoke the first gentle word the mother who first smiled upon her babe i thank the first true friend i thank the savages who hunted and fished that they and their babes might live i thank those who cultivated the ground and changed the forests into farms those who built rude homes and watched the faces of their happy children in the glow of fireside flames those who domesticated horses cattle and sheep those who invented wheels and looms and taught us to spin and weave those who by cultivation changed wild grasses into wheat and corn changed bitter things to fruit and worthless weeds to flowers that sowed within our souls the seeds of art i thank the poets of the dawn the tellers of legends the makers of myths the singers of joy and grief of hope and love i thank the artists who chiseled forms in stone and who wrought with light and shade the face of man i thank the philosophers the thinkers who taught us how to use our minds in the great search for truth i thank the astronomers who explored the heavens told us the secrets of the stars the glories of the constellations the geologists who found the story of the world in fossil forms in memoranda kept in ancient rocks in lines written by waves by frost and fire the anatomists who sought in muscle nerve and bone for all the mysteries of life the chemists who unraveled nature's work that they might learn her art the physicians who have laid the hand of science on the brow of pain the hand whose magic touch restores the surgeons who have defeated nature's self and forced her to preserve the lives of those she labored to destroy i thank the discoverers of chloroform and ether the two angels who give to their beloved sleep and wrap the throbbing brain in soft robes of dreams i thank the great inventors those who gave us movable type and the press by means of which the thoughts of all discovered facts are made immortal the inventors of engines of the great ships of the railways the cables and telegraphs i thank the great mechanics the workers in iron and steel in wood and stone i thank the inventors and makers of the numberless things of use and luxury i thank the industrious men the loving mothers the useful women they are the benefactors of our race 
the inventor of pins did a thousand times more good than all the popes and cardinals bishops and priests than all the clergymen and parsons exhorters and theologians that ever lived the inventor of matches did more for the comfort and convenience of mankind than all the founders of religions and the makers of all creeds than all malicious monks and selfish saints i thank the honest men and women who have expressed their sincere thoughts who have been true to themselves and have preserved the veracity of their souls i thank the thinkers of greece and rome zeno and epicurus cicero and lucretius i thank bruno the bravest and spinoza the subtlest of men i thank voltaire whose thought lighted a flame in the brain of man unlocked the doors of superstition's cells and gave liberty to many millions of his fellow-men voltaire a name that sheds light voltaire a star that superstition's darkness cannot quench i thank the great poets the dramatists i thank homer and aeschylus and i thank shakespeare above them all i thank burns for the heart-throbs he changed into songs for his lyrics of flame i thank shelley for his skylark keats for his grecian urn and byron for his prisoner of chillon i thank the great novelists i thank the great sculptors i thank the unknown man who moulded and chiselled the venus de milo i thank the great painters i thank rembrandt and corot i thank all who have adorned enriched and ennobled life all who have created the great the noble the heroic and artistic ideals i thank the statesmen who have preserved the rights of man i thank thomas paine whose genius sowed the seeds of independence in the hearts of seventeen seventy six i thank thomas jefferson whose mighty words for liberty have made the circuit of the globe i thank the founders the defenders the saviors of the republic i thank john erickson the greatest mechanic of his century for the monitor i thank lincoln for the proclamation i thank grant for his victories and the vast host that fought for the right for the freedom of man i thank them all the living and the dead i thank the great scientists those who have reached the foundation the bedrock who have built upon facts the great scientists in whose presence theologians look silly and feel malicious the scientists never persecuted never imprisoned their fellow-men they forged no chains built no dungeons erected no scaffolds tore no flesh with red-hot pinchers dislocated no joints on racks crushed no bones in iron boots extinguished no eyes tore out no tongues and lighted no faggots they did not pretend to be inspired they did not claim to be prophets or saints or to have been born again they were only intelligent and honest men they did not appeal to force or fear they did not regard men as slaves to be ruled by torture by lash and chain nor as children to be cheated with illusions rocked in the cradle of an idiot creed and soothed by a lullaby of lies they did not wound they healed they did not kill they lengthened life they did not enslave they broke the chains and made men free 
they sowed the seeds of knowledge and many millions have reaped are reaping and will reap the harvest of joy i thank humboldt and helmholst and Heckel and buchner i thank lamarck and darwin darwin who revolutionized the thought of the intellectual world i thank huxley and spencer i thank the scientists one and all i thank the heroes the destroyers of prejudice and fear the dethroners of savage gods the extinguishers of hate's eternal fire the heroes the breakers of chains the founders of free states the makers of just laws the heroes who fought and fell on countless fields the heroes whose dungeons became shrines the heroes whose blood made scaffolds sacred the heroes the apostles of reason the disciples of truth the soldiers of freedom the heroes who held high the holy torch and filled the world with light with all my heart i thank them all this ends the thanksgiving sermon part two by robert g ingersoll read for you by michelle fry in november two thousand seventeen